Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by Ra Ra Consulting and the Ra Ra Spirit Team Mentorship. Hey, it's Lauren here. I'm an expert in time management, content creation, and mindset work. My day job is working with overwhelmed or unmotivated business owners or service providers who want to get organized and motivated and review their current business practices so that they can kick start their journey to further success. You know, the average person with an average life lives 27,350 days. And even though we know that we just shape shift into something different after our time is done here, I believe that making use of your time and living the life of your dreams, which is a life of flow and bliss, is so incredibly important. And I want to help you do that. I can help you through business and life challenges. I can help you to, you know, change your mindset, to create time for self-care, to look at your dreams and to create a roadmap to help you get there. Also through the Raw Raw Spirit team, I offer group mentoring as well. So if one-on-one is not your thing, you're interested in more of a group scenario, then that would definitely be an option for you. All the details can be found in the show notes. You can also head to my website at rawrawconsulting.com or you can send me a DM on Instagram or on Facebook at any time to see whether or not working together is uh, maybe a good fit for both of us. All right, time for the episode. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Sunny Dawn Johnson. She's an acclaimed transformational thought leader, a change maker, and psychic medium. She's the author of 20 books, yes, girl, including her flagship bestsellers, Invoking the Archangels, The Love Never Ends, which have become the cornerstones for many of her keynote topics such as intuition, mediumship, and the angelic realm. Through her courses, private sessions, and live events, Sunny has grown and cultivated a diverse global community. Whether in person or online, her strong mentorship encourages thousands of students to connect with their heart and the core of their being and guides them to experience life in a newer and more positive light. Got total goosebumps reading that. Joining me today is Sunny, and we're going to be talking talking about the archangels, invoking the archangels, and developing your intuition. Hello, my friend. Thank you so much for being here on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. I've learned so much from your content, um, in particular, a lot of the stuff that you've had on iTunes, um, a lot of your audio, um, your audio books and your meditations and such. So I just want to thank you for sharing your gift with the world and, uh, Yeah, I'm really, really excited that I get to speak with you today. So you and I kind of talked a bit off air and we thought maybe we could start off the show with you pulling a card from your beautiful multidimensional oracle. So why don't you kick things off like that, Sunny, and then we'll see where we go from there. Let's do it. All right. So the card I pulled is actually the B. So this is the multidimensional oracle has four different pathways. There's animals, there's signs and symbols, there's ascended masters, and there's angel numbers. And so the card that I pulled is the B, and the B represents um, the sweetness of life. It represents finding that that sweet spot in your life and and searching for that and living in that place of 
of joy and sweetness. It also represents um, getting things done, like being industrious and figuring things out and, and being proactive and, and taking care of, of the group, the hive, so to speak, and um, brings in an energy of a sense of belonging. So I'm sure in, in your podcast, you have a community that feels like they they belong. They're 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 like-minded, like-hearted, and so I think the B fits perfectly with uh, with the energy of what we're going to be talking about. Because talking about angels, um, there's some sweetness there for sure. That is so beautiful. I feel like that card was for me. So thank you very yeah. much. Hopefully there our listener. Yeah. Oh, that is a beautiful card. So there's a picture of a bee. I love the gradient of the light behind it with the beautiful sky and. Yeah, the honey. Oh, it's so good. Thank you so much for that, my friend. Where did the inspiration for your Oracle deck come from? Do you kind of wake up one day and spirit's been talking to you and you're like, okay, it's time or. (laughs) You know, um, actually this deck, the inspiration came when the pandemic started. Um, When the pandemic started, I witnessed so many people in such great depths of fear. And I, I just felt like gosh, I wish that I could do something to help them know and trust their own guidance instead of getting so stuck and hung up on all of the fear that was out in the world that was being thrown out there in a variety of ways. And so about three, four or five months into it, Spirit said, um, you know, yes, you've got to, to teach more about intuition. I've always taught about it, but like really dig in. And then um, the message, multidimensional oracle, just came to me um, one, one afternoon. It just popped right into my head. And I said, <laughs> okay, what is that? And then it just unfolded. So then they just, okay, multidimensional. I am like, what is that? I Googled it actually, because I'm like, what does that mean? And, uh, and there was nothing about it. And I'm like, okay, um, so can you give me a little more? And so that's kind of how we work. And so then they like, okay, there's four different pathways because we're bringing in the dimensions and we're also bringing in dimensions of light and, 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 and fear and bringing, you know, we're, we're multidimensional beings. Um, and yeah. so it was really, uh, a really, really cool uh, process, but not something I was like, I think I'll do this. It was more like, this is what you're going to do. <laughs> right. Right. I love that so much. And a little bit later too, we are going to be talking about, you know, maybe some tips and tricks that our listener at home can use to start to develop their intuition. Because like you said, when you have those kind of light bulb moments, when spirits gifting you with these opportunities, it's important to be aligned and flowing enough to hear them. Mm -hmm. And so being, I believe in line with your intuition is absolutely, absolutely critical. So Sunny, I do like to start off every show kind of finding out how my guest spiritual journey began. And I'd like to start the same way with you because I'm interested as to whether or not, you know, you started your spiritual journey, you know, consciously, I suppose, from, you know, inception or whether or not it might have taken a little bit of time to kind of realize that this was the path for you. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so my spiritual journey started um, consciously at the age of 13. Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night at one o'clock in the morning and uh, rolled over to just roll over. And I saw my guardian angel above my bed. And uh, in, in doing that, I actually didn't know it was my guardian angel though. I wasn't sure what it was, but um, when I rolled over, what I experienced was this feeling of like a depth of love that I didn't know, but I felt like I recognized. And um, it, it was so, um, 
overwhelmingly beautiful that I literally at 13 years old was so calm. I just rolled over and went back to sleep. And then the next morning I woke up and then my head kicked and I was like, oh my God, what was that? And I ran downstairs <laughs> and I told my mom, I said, something was in my room and it was hanging over my bed. And, and I thought it was an angel or something, but I don't even think angels are real. And, and then my mom said, well, honey, that was your guardian angel. Of course they're real. And of course you have a guardian angel. I said, I don't think I have a guardian angel. If I had a guardian angel, then none of the bad things that have happened to me would, you know, 13 years old, I, I had a whole lot of life history, right? But I felt like I did. And yeah. none of the bad things that ha have happened would have happened. They wouldn't, I'd have lots of friends and I'd be popular and all these things. And, and my mom was yeah. like, um, Sunny, let me just tell you that last night I've been really worried and, and I was depressed and I didn't fit in and I didn't feel like I was a part of the community. And, and so I really stood out kind of as like an oddball uh, when I was young. And so my mom had been concerned about me. So that night she had come in and prayed over me. She'd never done this before, but she came in and prayed over me. And she actually used the word. She asked God and the angels to um, protect me and keep me safe. And so what wow. I realized, um, even at that young age, uh, I had the awareness that uh, even though I didn't even know if I believed in any of it, uh, I, I recognized that I had awakened to the manifestation of my mother's prayer. And what that did was it activated an already curious person. It made me even more curious, like how did that happen and how can I do it and why did it happen and where? So that started the curiosity and, um, yeah. and I've been curious ever since. So the journey has been one of, huh, well, there are a lot, there are a lot more things in the world sight unseen to many that exist. And just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's not real. And, um, and it opened a door that um, has always been open since. Mm, that's so cool. Do you find it sometimes, you know, difficult when you see people around you maybe struggling or having challenges in their lives and thinking that this is all there is or kind of not being aware that there's this whole network of support for them, like the angels, like the universe that's there to help them live their best life? Do you find that difficult when you kind of know better for lack of a better word? Um, well, I live with one of those. <clears throat> so yes. um, my husband is actually um, that way. He, he doesn't have a belief in um, anything greater than um, what he sees. Uh, and, um, and so I've, I've learned how to be um, what I would say very unconditional in my, um, my understanding and, and, and love of others, whether they're, whether I'm married to them or not, um, because of that. Yeah. But it does that, that doesn't mean that there aren't times where I'm like, oh my God, would you just open your eyes? You know, for sure. <laughs> um, I have moments like that, like, hello, how do you not see the synchronicity of this? Hello. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> Uh, but at the same time, that's my, that's my very non-spiritual part of me. Um, at the same time, I, I recognize that what he has offered me and many people that, that aren't, don't see, see the same things and, and experience life the same way as they offer me contrast and contrast allows me to grow. Yeah. And so I believe that I have learned, um, unconditional love. We've been married 28 years and, um, wow. and, and I think I've learned that in a way because I'm faced with it every day. And it, so it doesn't, that doesn't bother me because I feel like there's lots of ways to the same outcome. Uh, and he's just on a different yes. road, uh, that, um, but I always kind of smile and think one day you're going to know. 
Yeah, that's so funny. Same story for me. It's not 28 years, but that's, yeah, so that's funny. Sometimes I'm like, here, would you like this crystal? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, I guess <laughs> I'll try again next week. Yeah. That's so funny. So, I mean, I guess it comes back to the whole thing where, you know, it's so critical and important to trust your intuition. And today in the show, we're going to be talking about, you know, connecting with the archangels, invoking the archangels. And I believe that it's really important that we do now go into the discussion of listening to your intuition, kind of like you said, they're in a way holding your own ground, having your own truth and knowing that that's doesn't need to be in line with everybody else's truth, as long as you're following your own gut and your own direction. So can we talk a little bit about how you kind of started paying attention to your intuition and how you've been able to develop it over the years, especially when, you know, you might be in an environment with people that aren't necessarily speaking the same language sure so so i was raised in salt lake city utah and for for um a lot of people that might not mean anything but if you live in the states um utah is uh very well known for a very dominant religion um the the mormon religion and so i was raised in that environment and at the time when i was growing up it was 95 percent mormon and then there was me is how it felt. Um, and so I have, have lived most of my life being the, um, the weird one, you know, the one that wasn't like everybody else. And, and so I think that what happened for me anyway, and I bet many of the listeners have had this experience is I would have experiences that were amazing that were that, that you couldn't explain in human words. It just was like, how did that happen and why did you know that and where did it come from and all of these experiences and then i would push them away because i just wanted to be normal and so i mm. did this dance and i did the dance for 15 years i did the dance uh where i would i would have i mean like literally when i was 18 years old i was pregnant with my um my first child and uh, i was very sick like um i gave birth i had a stroke while i was in labor and nearly died mm. after having him. And um, uh, I had a miracle, a miracle happened. Archangel Raphael appeared to me and told me what to do and what to visualize and what to imagine, what to bring into my body. And I did. And after three weeks of a um, 106.3 degree temperature, my fever broke that night. And, and wow. literally I feel like saved, saved my life. And, and then, you know, months later, I was in that, nope, not doing that, just going to be in the world, and I, I'm going to ignore it, and, and so I did this dance for, for many years, and the biggest reason was I really did just want to fit in, I really did just want to be normal, and, and I, couldn't, I couldn't accept that I could be this, this kind of, you know, I'll use the term woo-woo because people understand it, not in a negative connotation, but just I couldn't accept yeah. that I could be that and um, have have people that I, that I could attract people like me um, because there was nobody like me at, at that time. And so um, what happened is I, I had these intuitive experiences and, and when I would get into the energy of, of these miracles that would happen and when I would get to my lowest lows is when I would call on spirit and I'd have these miracles. And it was a, it was a cycle. I did it over and over again, you know, and, and, uh, and then when I'd start feeling better, I'd be like, nope, not doing that. And so this was a dance. So when I was 28 yeah. years old, um, uh, two things happened when I was 28. My, my son's paternal grandmother, um, I was with her when she died. And when she died, I was the only one with her. And I experienced her spirit 
leaving, going through my body. And that changed my life. That was um, uh, just a a life-changing experience. And then five months later, my grandmother, who I was close to, had Alzheimer's and she walked out of her care facility and froze to death. And between those two losses, those two female uh, losses in my life, um, what happened is shortly after that, and, and I joke, but I'm kind of serious. They haunted me from the other side, basically. And they said, Sunny, you are meant to do this work and it's time for you to you know, quit, quit pretending that you are anything different than you are and just start doing it. And, um, and that message wouldn't, it wouldn't go away and it just kept showing up. And, and so I had these experiences of seeing spirits and, and, and having messages for people and sharing them and seeing that they were life-changing and uh, my angels just kept knocking on the door, knocking on the door, patient as can be. But it was my, it was my two deceased uh, uh, loved ones that came through that kind of were like the two by four that said, all right, you're done screwing around. It's time to show up. And, and I did. So at that time, 15 years later is when I embraced it, stepped into it and owned it and started teaching right away. Um, and what I found is, you know, we teach what we need to learn. And uh, so mm. I needed to learn to develop my intuition. I needed to learn to trust it. I needed to learn to love myself. I needed to learn to feel worthy and deserving of, of this magnificent energy that I was connecting with. And so in the teaching, I was able to develop it even more. And mm. what happened for me is the angels taught me. I, I didn't have a book. You know, there weren't Salt Lake City, Utah um, in the early 80s at the library. There was the occult section and it had um astrology numerology and runes there was nothing about anything you couldn't learn anything so um i just started asking them hey we what what does this mean and why are you coming to me and 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 what does that represent and and then i'd have experiences and so i just learned through their presence how to work with them do you find that you also did a lot of work kind of blocking out the opinions of others and kind of listening and getting quiet with your own truth. Cause you know, when I'm listening to your story, it sounds to me like you had a lot of self-awareness and that you were quite present to be able to hear those messages and those paying attention really to those prods, you know, because I think that very often we kind of go about the day, you know, we've all done it where we've driven from one side of the street to the other. And we forget how we got there because we just weren't there. But for me, what I'm hearing from you is that you were there, you were paying attention. And then yes, you eventually listened, but at the same time, you were still listening. I think, I think that I, um, when it would get loud enough, when my pain got strong enough, I would listen because I was in pain. And then, and I would listen and I would dig it and it would be great. And then as I started to feel better, then I would not, then I was not present. Then I would ignore it. And then it would build up and the pain would come back. And, and then I would start again. And, and, and part of the pain was um, not fitting in. Part of the pain was having people not get me and not understand, you know, we were the weird house on the corner and my friends, once I, I didn't realize at when I was young as a teenager, I didn't realize that this wasn't something other people were having experiences with. And so when I would tell my religious friends, hey, um, your grandmother who just died two weeks ago is standing beside you and she's got a daisy in her hand, they would go home and tell their parents and then they were no longer a friend, right? So 
it taught me at a very yeah. early age, I learned, I learned from that how to, that it wasn't safe for me to be who I really was. That's what I learned. Mm -hmm. And um, it took me that 15 years of the, the back and forth push against to develop the strength to stand in who I am and then own it. So I absolutely, mm -hmm. I had those moments of presence and then I had those moments of burying my head in the sand. And finally at that time with the support, I believe of my, of my, um, my grandmother and my um, ex-mother-in-law between those two being with me had the courage to say, my whole life has set me up for this. My whole life has been about, um, you know, uh, going against the grain and being different and not fitting in in almost every way that there was, that was me. And, and but I, but it always bothered me. And then finally at this age, it was like, um, you're either going to do this and you're going to help people, or you're going to live a life where you're going to feel like you're missing out on something. Cause I always did. I knew I was meant to do something, but I never trusted myself. And so that was when yeah. that trust started to develop as I started trusting my own intuition. Yeah. I love that you brought up the word trust because I do find that that comes up in every single conversation when I'm talking to people who are walking the spiritual path. But the other word that came up when you were speaking was the word courage. Because I think that even though you're trusting and we all get it, it's like you still need to step out there and be brave and have that courage. And, you know, that's not always an easy thing to do. It, is, it isn't easy at all. And, and, and what I found for myself is um, there were times where I didn't really feel like I had the courage, but I felt like I had the, um, the strength to... Um, to step in, even if I was shaking to death, even if I was, you know, felt like I was going to lose my lunch, so to speak, um, to step in. So I didn't feel courageous, but I think courage is what you experience when you step into it, right? It didn't, I didn't feel that way doing it, but once I got through it, then I could see, oh, okay, that, that was courageous, but I, I felt like uh, I felt yeah. weak and I felt insecure and I felt like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I felt all those things before, but the more I did it and the more I showed up and, 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 and the more that I um, allowed people to see who I was and what I was doing, which 20 years ago, when I started this 22 years ago, this was not a conversation. This was, wasn't something you talked about. It wasn't something that the news yeah. talked about. There were no television shows about it. It was something you kept secret. You were very much in the closet. And, um, and so it was something that for me was um, um, not, I didn't see it as courageous until afterwards. And then I could go, man, that was pretty tough. That was, that was pretty daring and brave. Yeah. But at the time it yeah. didn't feel that way. I just felt like I was a chicken shit. That's how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, I'm glad that you did step into it because, you know, you're laying the foundation and the path for many people now who wouldn't have been able to walk the path that they're walking on. So sure. it's important. Speaking of um, your house on the corner, uh, in a few minutes, I am going to ask you to recount the story of Archangel Michael in relation to, um, to your house. So we'll talk about that in just a moment. Just like to hook our listeners just a little bit more. So we are going to talk about invoking the archangels into to your life. And we are going to be talking a bit about the different types of archangels. So just before we get into that, do you have some tips and tricks for our listener at home who are maybe wanting to develop their intuition a little bit further? And on the back of that, I also know that you do have a course where you 
help people to become psychic as well. So is psychic and intuition kind of the same thing or are they different but connected? Can you explain that a little bit? So, so a lot of people feel like psychic is people that, um, that can tell the future and intuition is something that you just kind of have this intuition of this gut sense. The reality of it is it's the same thing. It's just that psychics tend to own their gifts and intuitive people tend to be kind of more uh, shy and like, I get intuition sometimes. I have a feeling, I have that intuitive gift. Yeah. Um, so it really means the same thing. It's just, we, we all have, if you are a spirit in a body, um, then you are naturally connected to um, the, the spirit world. And in the spirit world, there are different ways that they communicate with us. And so that is through seeing, hearing, knowing, um, sensing and taste or scent. So these are the ways that we receive our guidance. And everybody has had experiences with it, even if they don't believe that it has anything to do with, like my husband has feelings about things like that, but he doesn't think that it's connected to anything, right? But everybody has yeah. that experience. So psychic and intuitive, first of all, are absolutely um, the same thing, but people have different perceptions of it. And I just tell people, whatever word you feel comfortable with, use, that's fine with me, it doesn't matter. Um, but when we're, when we're starting to open up to our intuition, I'll tell you that the number one most important thing Number one, most important thing, if you want to develop your intuition is you have to learn to be present. You have to learn to be present in the now moment. Um, most of us are either thinking about the past, what happened, what could have happened, what should have happened, what didn't happen, or we're thinking about the future, what we need to do, what we want to do, what we're going to do. And we miss the moments, the now moments, it, because that's in between those two places. And we tend to be in one of those two. So spirit yep. speaks in present moment, only in present moment, because present moment's actually all we have. So the place that spirit is speaking to your angels, your guides, your deceased loved ones, the ascended masters, the God of your understanding is always going to happen in present moment. So if you are not present in the moment, you miss the signs, the symbols, the messages, the, the, the sensations that are spirit's way of getting your attention and communicating with you. So if you wanted one most important, strongest um, tool, it is to get present. And most people are like, okay, well, what does that mean? Well, it means be aware mm -hmm. in the moment, be aware, be here now, instead of there or there, the past or the future, be here now. And if you're here now, then you see the butterfly that just kind of wisps by and, um, and it's the symbol that of your grandmother that's passed. Um, you feel the sensation of kind of the pit in your stomach when you read something and you know that that means something instead of just, oh, I have a stomach ache now. You know, you have that knowing that pops into your mind and you pay attention to it because you know that when things come to you like that, there's a bigger reason than what, then it's just a random thought that came in. And so you, when you're present, yeah catch those signs when you're not you miss them how do you you know encourage people to be present because i know that this is something that i actively learned about five years ago when i read the power of now it changed my whole life and i started becoming aware of my thoughts not yes not keeping me where i am now so do you have any like techniques for being present do you do your breathing or lift your toes to be grounded or you know, what do you kind of do to come back to the moment, especially when we live in such a, a life where everyone's inundated with so much information and 
crap, really. Sure, sure. So there's a couple of things. There's there's different ways to be present. So being present in your body is one way. So you know, closing your eyes and pulling yourself inward into your body and tuning into your body and, and observing what you feel, like just being in it. So as you're tuning into your body, you might feel you like you might notice, like I'm noticing right now, the chair underneath my my bottom. And I'm noticing the desk that's pushing up against my knee. And I'm feeling um, one hair on my forehead and I'm feeling the breath in my body uh, and I'm feeling the the chair the armrest of my uh, on my arm so tuning in internally and externally with the body is one way that really pulls us into presence in the body the body is where um, all of our intuition is taking place it takes place through either sight, we see a sign or a symbol or a message, we hear something, we know something, or we feel something. It's all happening within the body. So being present in, in, in the body internally and externally is one. The other one is being present in your environment. So it's just taking a couple of minutes and just observing where you are in this moment. So in this moment, I've got a computer screen in front of me. And in this moment, I notice the light and I see the light in front of me and I see the microphone. I see my little pink elephant. I see my stone that says I am a lighthouse. And we just get aware of this present moment. And then the other one that was really important for me when I first started recognizing how not in the moment I was, um, I was yeah. 19 years old. I just had my son and and because I nearly died with him, that was a life-changing experience in more than one way, not just being a teenage mom um, that was single, but also being um, aware that, oh my gosh, there's, there's a lot of things I need to do to change my life because I was not living a, a great life. And, uh, and so I started micromanaging my thoughts. I started becoming very aware um, of all my thoughts and it was, it was a full-time job. Um, and I, I became aware of how negative I was and I became aware of how fear-based I, I was and how judgmental and critical I was. And I had to own, own it. I had to say, oh my God, this is like, I'm a nice person and this is how I am. Now, what happens for the people that aren't nice? That's what I was, that's what I would think. And so I would pay attention to my thoughts and yeah. think, oh, I've got to. And, and so every thought that was negative, I would flip it. I would flip it. I would flip it to whatever the opposite of it was. So if I thought, oh my gosh, you, you look so fat today because that was a body image was a big thing for me. Then I'd say you're getting healthier and healthier every day. Um, and I would just yes. literally, it was like a constant, it felt like it never ended. And, but what happened is after a few months of doing that, I had a little bit less negative thoughts and then a little bit less negative thoughts. And then, you know, a year later, I was able to get enough value and esteem to get out of the environment that I was living in um, which was very unhealthy alcoholism and drug addiction all around me and um, have enough value in myself to do something different because I'd started training myself to be in a higher frequency and a higher vibration. So I, I think that presence is, it's just, it's so critical. And, you know, what do we do when we don't, when we're not happy, when we don't like things in our life, when things aren't going good, what do we do? We check out, you know, we, we get very unpresent because it's, it doesn't feel good when you're in it. But gosh, yeah. the power is in the present moment. Girls, so well said. I love that so much. And I just want to say that I 
agree with your story a hundred percent. And when I was 19, I had a lot of body image issues and negativity as well. And I started doing the exact same thing. And like you said, you build the muscle in a way, you know, as you get stronger and stronger and stronger, these things get easier and you can create a totally new narrative. So thank you for sharing that technique. I know that someone at home is listening to that and going damn. Okay. And let me tell you, when you start now, you change your whole future. So let's get into the conversation of the archangels. So if you are, you know, practicing being in the present moment, if you're paying attention to the here and now, and you're paying attention when you're not here and now, and you're coming back to your breath or your body, you're paying attention to your environment, there's an opportunity for you to connect with the angels. So can you tell me, first of all, a little bit about, you know, we kind of talk about guardian angels off the top of the hour, but you know, today we're going to be talking about the archangels. What is an archangels? Do the archangels have this whole, like, or do the angels in general have a whole hierarchy chart (laughs) and they're the top or how does it kind of work? Um, that is how humans have designed it. Yes. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, I personally don't, uh, follow any of that. So, um, the, the awesome. reason that, um, so they came to me, the, the archangels came to me. And so when I started, when I had the experience and I got curious and I started asking for experiences, the first experience I had was with Archangel Michael. And he came to me in many, 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 many times in many different ways. And um, at the time, I didn't even really know that it was Archangel. I didn't know what to even call him. I just knew that there was a frequency, there was a vibration, there was an energy and there was a color um, that I, that I, that, that, I associated with him and that he shared with me to, that I could associate with him that would help me. Um, and, and then I was told um, that as, as I started experiencing Archangel Samuel and Archangel Raphael, I, I was being told and trained and taught that, okay, these are the archangels. Now in the human, the, the humanness of us, we give names and assignments to things to just keep order. Um, and so I call mm-hmm. them archangels because that's the way they came to me and because that helps people keep order. But the reality of it is, uh, I don't believe there is any hierarchy in the spirit world. Uh, I think it's all man-made. And so the way that we yeah. have um, assigned um, um, uh, names and, 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 and hierarchy and, and, and frequency you know, levels and things like that is just to um, sometimes to disempower people, but oftentimes just to, to create some order. And, and so that's the way I would look mm-hmm. at it. Um, it's not that they're better than any other angel, um, uh, because there is no such thing as better than, um, and so we have that in the human world, but that's not, that's not the experience in the spirit world. So, um, so Archangel Michael was the first angel that, um, came to me and I, you want me to tell that story? Yeah, I love that story. Okay. So, so, uh, I had just had the guardian angel experience. And a couple months later, um, I was 13. I had, my brother was eight years younger than me. So he was five. And, um, and we were at home alone for the first time. My parents never left me alone to babysit him because although a lot of 13 year olds babysit kids, I was not the babysitting type. Like I didn't really, um, I just wasn't a kid's person. It was shocking when I had a child at 18, it was not planned for sure. Um, (laughs) But so my mom and dad were struggling. They were having um, a lot of arguing and fighting, financial concerns and things like that. So they decided to go out to dinner and, and, and leave us the first time. And so they left 
And within 20 minutes or so of them leaving, uh, my brother who was playing upstairs um, came running downstairs and crying. And he said, Sonny, all of my friends, and he had had friends, he'd always had friends. He called them his, his friends um, that were circles, squares and triangles with wings. And, um, and we just called them his friends. Now I know that those were actually his, his angels, but I didn't know that at the time. So he came running downstairs and he says, Sonny, all of my friends are black and brown and green and they have frowny faces instead of happy faces. I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me? So really, even though I'd had the experience with the guardian angel, um, then I still was like, um, whatever. So I, I was kind of rolling my eyes and okay, I'll go upstairs and you know, do some kind of abracadabra thing and then he'll feel better. And that's all I wanted to do was get him to stop crying and being upset, but he was really upset. So I went to go up the stairs mm -hmm. to go into his room. And when I went up the stairs, there was like this energy, this force, this heaviness density that, that like when I walked up, it almost like pushed me back and that scared me. So I grabbed him and we ran to the corner of the house. We lived in a big house at the time. And so we ran in the back corner of the house, which was a brick wall. Cause I thought, well, brick wall is going to be better than the other walls. I didn't even know the hell the walls were made out of at the time, but I just, that's <laughs> the way I saw it. So I got behind, sat behind the brick wall. We waited all night until my parents came home, which was hours later. And when they got home, I told my mom what happened. And she at the time had just um, started about a year ago, a year earlier, um, uh, hanging out with a few people that were into metaphysics. And so one of them was an underground psychic in Salt Lake City, Utah. So it wasn't, you couldn't, you couldn't be out in public in, in that kind of uh, title at the time. But um, so they would meet at different people's houses and they would talk about past lives and, and angels and guides and all mm -hmm. kinds of funky, cool things at the time. And so she said, I'll call my friend Leo and I'll have her come over and she can do a clearing on the house and, and, and move whatever energy is here. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. I don't even know what that is supposed to mean, like clear the energy and how is she going to do that and whatever. But so we went to bed that night and I, I think, I don't remember, but I think that we stayed, we slept with my parents that night. Cause I was really, I was freaked out. And so my brother yeah. was way more freaked out than I was. So the next morning comes and she called Leo and Leo came over and, um, Leo said, uh, okay, my little brother went outside. He was going to go ride his big wheel um, out in front of the yard. So this was in the early 80s. And, uh, and so he was outside riding. He didn't know anything about what was going on. And, and, and so he was five years old. So Leo comes in and she says, okay, so we're going to do a clearing on the house. And I'm going to call in Archangel Michael. I'm going to ask him to clear the space and release any of the energy that's, that's sitting in here that might be creating some of those situations. And I'm like, Okay, so I don't know who this dude is. I don't know who you're calling. Um, I don't know how you're going to call him. Like, how do you call him? You know, like literally did yeah. not know. And so we, she said, I want to come to the foyer of the house and the three of us are going to gather together. Okay, so we, we went to the foyer of the house and we stood together and she said, I want us all to hold hands. So we all held hands. And, um, and then she said, okay, I want, we're going to close our eyes and then I'm going to do this prayer. So the prayer was the calling in, but I didn't understand that at 13. I thought we were like calling somebody. Nope, not yeah. calling somebody. We're going to do a prayer and invocation. And we're going to invite Archangel Michael to come in. And as she's saying that, I'm like rolling my eyes going, oh my gosh, we're calling in some, some angel that we don't even know exists. Even though I'd had the guardian angel experience, I still wasn't settled on it yet. And so- Yeah, of course. 
so she so she says okay let's close our eyes and um and then she does a prayer so they close their eyes and i close one eye because i'm gonna keep an eye open because i am thinking well if we are going to call this person in and this really is uh some person or being and i already exper experienced a guardian angel i saw a guardian angel so i should be able to see um whatever else is going to happen and, and see what they're clearing up or whatever it is and so yeah. uh, I, I kept the one eye open and she did her clearing. It was a two, three minutes long, it was short, but the gist of it was um, I invoked the blue light of Archangel Michael to surround and protect this home from any negative energy or entities seen or unseen. And so it is pretty much, it was, it was more expanded than that, but that was the gist of it. And so my eye mm -hmm. was open nothing happened, no light came, nobody came sweeping anything away. And, and we were standing right in front of the stairway, which is where that energy had, had happened the night before and nothing happened. So then they opened their eyes and my mom um, says, oh my gosh, oh, it already feels so much better in here. And I'm like, oh my God, seriously. <laughs> And then Leo says, yes, Michael came and he cleared the space and, and there's nothing, you guys don't have to worry about that, that energy, that energy is gone. And she kind of explained it. And so I am like, just going to lose my mind. And so finally I, I, I said, um, so, and I'm just getting ready to tell them, Hey, I had my eye open and I didn't see anything and nothing happened. And so, uh, I think you better do something else. Cause whatever you did, didn't work. That's, that was my yeah. opinion. And as, but, but right before I was about to say that my brother, we we're standing right in the foyer of the house. So my brother comes opening the door and he opens the door wide and he says, mommy, there is a great big blue bubble around our house. And wow. looks at him and looks at Leo and they look at me and I look at them and we're all like, oh my God. So what we realized that day and what I learned, I learned a couple of things. I learned that when you call the angels in, they're there, whether you see them or not. That's the first thing I learned. Mm -hmm. My brother saw the energy of the blue light coming in and surrounding and protecting the home. And he didn't know anything about what we were doing. That was pretty good evidence for me. Um, yeah. The other thing I learned is my nature, I'm a feeler. I've always been a feeler. I've, I've felt, felt, you know, my gut feelings and instincts and feel sadness and heaviness for other people. I've always been a feeler, but because I was trying yeah. to see, I missed the experience. So I wasn't present, oh. right? I'm using my eyes, trying to look to see. I wasn't tapped in and tuned in and present to my feelings, but my mother, who's also a feeler, was tapped in and tuned in to her feelings, which is why she said it already feels so much different. But I was disconnected to the feelings because I was trying to focus on seeing and a lot of times what we do as human beings is we we want a lot of people want to see them i want to just want to see my loved one again i want to see my guardian angels i don't want to feel them i want to see them and so we focus on what isn't our gift and what i learned that day is that when you focus on your natural gift it's like the key that unlocks the door to all of the other gifts and so wow. that experience with archangel michael and then i had many 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 more after that that opened my eyes wide, got me more curious and said, okay, if this is, if, if I just experienced this, this is for sure real. And now 
what else is there? And so I would ask, hey, who do you hang out with? Is there anybody else over there like you? And then <laughs> all of a sudden I'd have another experience and it would be Archangel Raphael. And Archangel Raphael would come with this beautiful green emerald healing energy that would feel like it would just bring calm and peace. And oftentimes it would um, um, teach me about the healing aspects of, of my mental state, emotional state, physical state, spiritual state even. Um, and then Archangel mm -hmm. Samuel showed up and Samuel was the angel of unconditional love and came with this beautiful um, pink uh, frequency. And, and, and they told, and, and Samuel was teaching me to, because I had a lot of struggles with my dad, was teaching me to send pink to him, send love to him through pink cotton balls and pink baseballs and just pink energy and, 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 and imagine that love going to him. And, and so through, through the next couple of years, um, not only did the archangels show up, but Shamuel and Raphael and Jophiel and Gabriel and, 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 and Uriel and Zadkiel um, and Michael, of course, but then so did I start seeing deceased loved ones. So I started seeing deceased energies wow. around people and the ghosts that lived in our house. And, and so the, the angel energy really was, um, and Michael, the guardian angel opened the door, but Michael is what opened the door. And I said, okay there's something real to this. That is so cool. I love all those stories. It's so it's so fascinating. I could listen to that conversation forever. You know, when people just recount these magical experiences, I know that our listener at home is thinking, yeah, but I want to have a similar experience. I understand that I need to be present. I want to call on the angels. So, you know, I know that when I was listening to your audio tape on invoking the archangels, you had a really cool sort of exercise on attracting the archangels through color and through intention um, and assigning them to the day of the week. Now, I don't think that I'd ever really heard anyone explain to me before that method. And then also when you assigned a color to the different archangels, that for me made so much sense to me, but I'd never really heard it explained in that way where I realized that, wait a minute, if I want it, maybe invoke Archangel Michael today, and he's the color blue, as you said, maybe I'll wear blue clothes or I'll do these things to kind of bring him in. So I was wondering if you can talk a bit about that exercise and um, how people might get started uh, with uh, connecting with the archangels a little bit more. For sure. So, so one of the things I'm a fan of is I don't really, I, I'm, I love teaching. I'm a teacher at heart, but I love to teach through experiences that everybody has themselves instead of just through my experience. So to do this, you're going to take the days of the week. So Sunday through Saturday, and then you're going to assign a color intuitively based on wherever your intuition feels like that color goes. And I'll give you the colors. So go ahead and get your piece of paper out for those of you that are listening and write down the days of the week so that you have those listed and you can just put the first day. That's after you don't have to spell the whole thing out. Um, and then what you're going to do is whichever color I say, I want you to just put it to one of the days of the week, whichever one intuitively you feel. Now, some of you are going to be like, I don't know what I feel intuitively. Well, then just see where it goes and wherever it goes, that was where intuitively it's meant to go. All right. So here are the colors. Pink. Yellow, red, mm. blue, purple, white, and green. 
All right, I did it. Okay. All right, <laughs> so you've got them. So those of you, those of you that are listening, you've got yours too. So now here's what you're gonna do. Your intuition just guided you to which angel to use for which day of the week. You just didn't know it was an angel yet. So if you've got blue, that's Archangel Michael. So just write Michael next to it. If you've got green, that's Archangel Raphael. If you have yellow, that's Archangel Jophiel, J-O-P-H-I-E-L. If you have white, that's Gabriel. If you have purple, that is Zadkiel, Z-A-D-K-I-E-L. If you have pink, that is Shamuel, C-H-A-M-U-E-L. And if you have red, that is Uriel, U-R-I-E-L. So each one of the angels you've got assigned to a different day based on your intuition. And then to develop the relationship with each one of the angels, because a lot of times people are like, I do feel the presence, but I don't really know who is, what is. And the reality of it is mm. that we like to understand things. As human beings, we like to understand. If I was going to teach on a really kind of basic level, I would say it doesn't really matter. If, you, if your angels are around you, just be glad they're around and call them in and invite them in. But the truth of the matter is, as human beings, we like to know who to talk to for what. We like to invite Archangel Raphael in when we need healing and Michael in when we, when we need courage and strength, right? So, so this is going to help you to, um, to discern the difference between the different angels and their energy. So um, mm -hmm. the way that you're going to do that is like, let's just say it's Michael, since we've talked about Michael. If your day is, let's say Tuesday is Michael. And so on Tuesday, you're going to wake up in the morning. Tuesday is Michael. I wrote Tuesday, yeah. Michael. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I didn't know why, but Tuesday was I Michael. I just had to throw that in. <laughs> well, that's what I do for a living. So, um, okay. So, so if, your Tuesday, if your Tuesday is Michael, then you're going to wake up in the morning and you're going to do either a prayer, an invocation, an invitation, an asking. You're going to say, hey, Michael please allow me to experience you today in ways that I know it's you. Please surround me, be with me, help guide me and support me. It can be, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be those words, guys. It can be whatever words feel right for you, but you're basically inviting them in to experience you through, for you to experience them throughout the day in ways that you recognize. Okay, so that's the invitation in the beginning. And, 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 the, and, and it could be a prayer. It can, it can be um, really uh, general. It doesn't have to be formal whatever works for you. And then throughout the day, um, what you wanna do is, is be very present and mindful of the different ways that they show up. Well, one of the things I like to do is I like to surround myself and bring that energy in because we live in an attractive universe. And so a lot of times when we um, wear the color blue, so you're gonna, you wear blue underwear, wear blue jeans, wear a blue scarf, wear um, a blue bra, wear something that bring the colors into your experience wear blue stones, wear a kyanite bracelet or a, a turquoise bracelet or turquoise earrings or aquamarine, but just bring the energy of Michael in so that you're setting the intention to experience um, his presence. And then if it was um, uh, Shamuel's day, which is pink, 
you're gonna wear a pink shirt you're gonna you're gonna bring in rose quartz maybe you have a rose quartz that you can put in your pocket maybe you're gonna pick your pink purse for that day um, but you're gonna surround yourself with the energy of them and then take notes as to what stands out to you that might be different than what is typical or normal in a day and what most of the time happens is that you start to see the, the subtleties between them. And not only do you see them, but you feel them in the presence of your, of your energy. Michael's energy feels very different than Shamuel's. Michael's energy is strong and powerful and, and, um, it, and big. Shamuel's energy is very soft and gentle and, 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 and um, almost a sweetness to it. And so you're going to feel and, and see those things. And that's how you start to then, as you do this throughout a week, or I mean, I have clients that read my book 10 years ago and they still keep the same days and they do the same days every day, every week. So Michael is Tuesday, always yeah. is Tuesday. Um, but that way they develop that relationship and you start to then be able to discern the presence around you, especially if you're not visual so that you don't see them, you can feel the subtleties because angels are very subtle. They're not in your face, loud, big, um, getting attention. Those are our deceased loved ones and our spirit guides. Angels are subtle. So they, they come to us in subtle ways. So we have to be very present and aware of their energy. But once we do that, then you can start to feel and discern the difference and develop your own relationship with them instead of having to have your relationship be based on any book that you read ever, including mine. My book has a, is, is really about my experience and it has lots of information about how to connect with the angels and all the ways that they helped me. But ultimately, when, when you start to have your own experience, that's what we want. We want you to have the experience, not base it on everybody else's experience. Yeah, exactly. And again, that comes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the hour, which is listening to your own intuition. For sure. And I love that you brought up the fact that we need to invite them in because we do live in a free will universe. So we do need to say, Hey, angels, can, you know, please help me today. Or can you assist me with that? I wanted to know, Sunny, do you have to ask for their help all the time? Or if I wake up in the morning and I've asked for their help, does that kind of carry me over for a certain period of time? Cause what if I forget later? That's <laughs> so a great question. And it's a question I get a lot. So I think that what happens is we as human beings we tend to be people who um like to have ceremony or we like to have um uh, we do we we follow patterns and so i don't think that we need to invite them in like five times in a day um because once you've set the intention the energy is there but i think that sometimes the human brain of us needs to go through a process so that we feel secure in our invitation so that we feel secure in the fact that we've taken that step so what i'm i'm more of a fan of doing something um once a day and then knowing that that's part of your practice so it's part of my spiritual practice every morning to invite my angels in to call michael in to help me to maintain my energy so i don't absorb the energy of others that's just part of my practice it's not that i'm afraid that if i don't do it he won't show up or if I if I do it 10 times, then, then I'm not trusting that he can be there. So it's more about intention. But um, I would say that if you do something in a, in is part of your practice, then it, it, it brings it into your forefront of your mind. So you're more conscious and aware as well. Mm, that's good. I like that developing your own sort of ritual, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so good. Well, we've covered a lot in the last hour. I could talk to you about this stuff forever. I have about 25 questions I didn't get to, but that's all right. Maybe uh -huh. next time. So is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to bring up today? And also, how can people get a hold of you? I know you have a whole range of you know, books, your cards, your courses. How can people connect with you a little bit better? Um, so, yeah, so you can go to my website, Sunny Don Johnston with a T.com. Um, if you're interested in the cards, the cards are the multi dimensional oracle cards, and the website is multi dimensional oracle dot cards, and you can order cards there. And we do ship all over the world. We've actually had many, many pre orders from Australia. So um, we do ship all over the world. And um, you know, what I would say is the thing that I, I would just want to remind everybody of is um, when you're developing your intuition, when you're opening up and connecting with your angels, they're always there and they've always been there. It's us that isn't always aware. And so the more aware you become, the more experiences you'll have. And if you feel like you will, you know, hey, I've never even noticed them. It's just because you, you didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. And so once you become aware, um, then it, it, it changes your life because, uh, you're never alone. You're never yeah. alone. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the show, Sunny. I really loved it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for the interview. I appreciate it. And I hope all of you have a fantastic day. Thank you. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, 